a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn. You still Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to Volume 7 of our Species Profiles. We are by no means in the realm of prominence anymore, because uh, we're going through Parwins, Iktachi, Bith, Chis, Kalish, and Feline, and I would say that we see one major character of each of these species and maybe the entirety of canon. We see some background characters, but I still think that they're cool and they're worth knowing about. So without further ado, let's dive into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! So like I said, this is volume seven of our species profile. So if you want to catch up on the other ones, then they are all in a playlist on my YouTube channel, Twin Sun Talks Podcast, or you can just go ahead and search through them in any of the podcast feeds, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, they're all there, and if you want visual representations of these species, then you can go to my website, twinsuntalks.wixsite.com slash twin-sun to, um, to, to kind of be able to visualize them a bit easier. Um, but the first species that I have to talk about today are parwins. And so parwins, if you haven't watched The Clone Wars, then you probably wouldn't know what they were. They're native to the planet of Parwa. They speak basic or Parwan. And they have either blue, brown, or gray skin. They have three eyes and four tentacles in place of like bipedal legs like humans would have. And mushroom-shaped heads. And they are able to levitate off the ground by filling themselves up with gas. Certain blood types of the species could safely be injected with electrolytic serums in order to withstand ray shields. And what ray shields were were essentially these energy barriers that were, um, if not fatal, then extremely dangerous to touch. And we see in the Clone Wars during the Bounty Hunter arc that uh, there's a Parwin Bounty Hunter who's able to use electrolytic serum to... Uh, make his way with resistance through ray-shielded boundaries. Um, and that uh, that Parwin is one of the two members that I have listed, is Daron, uh, who's a really cool bounty hunter, really cool character. Um, would love to see him in live action someday, but I'm guessing Parwins would be pretty difficult to pull off uh, in anywhere except for animation. The other... Um, the other member of the species that we see in canon is Dr. Gubacher, who is the doctor or the scientist who provides all of the um, all of the enhancements for D-Squad, the droid squad led by Colonel Mieber Gascon um, in that one arc of the Clone Wars. So uh, he's also a Parwin. And apparently there's a Parwin Jedi in the High Republic era. I don't know about him. Um, so I didn't add them here. Next up, we have Iktachi. They are native to the planet of Iktach. They speak either, speak either basic or Iktachese. They have leathery orange tan skin. And they are characterized by two ram-like cranial horns that curve down on either side of their face. Um, 
and they were said to have precognitive tendencies. Now, this notion is mainly found in legends, um, but that it, it can be seen in both the Darth Bane trilogy as well as the Darth Plagueis novel, where there's like a truthsayer who's an Iktachi, who's Force-sensitive, who uh, Darth Plagueis seeks out as an apprentice and ultimately passes on. And in the Darth Bane trilogy, there is an assassin who uh, is extremely um, a proficient in her craft because of her uh, kind of sort of precognitive capabilities. Um, and she is actually one who I am going to be talking about in the members category. But the first one that I want to talk about is CC10. And now CC10 is a character that I talked about in last week's episode where I was talking about kind of background Jedi of the Clone Wars era. He is one of the four Jedi that went with Mace Windu to arrest Chancellor Palpatine. He was the second to die. He's the one with the green lightsaber and the horns on his head. He's a very good star pilot. Really cool character. And we got to see a little more of him in the Clone Wars, which I which I enjoyed. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little more of him in a future project. But I'm assuming that since they seem to be kind of moving away from the Clone Wars, that's probably not going to be the case. And the other character is Darth Kongus, um, who is the Ektachi assassin that I was talking about from the Darth Bane novels, who ends up being Darth Xana's apprentice after she overthrows Darth Bane and ascends to master under the rule of two. So, with that said, moving on to our third species for this edition, we have Bith, and get ready. So the species name is Bith. They are native to Bith, and they speak Bith. They're very, uh, very um, creative in their uh, naming processes for their... Whatever, I don't even know. I had a thought, and then I just went away, so I'm just going to power through. Anyways, and also, this is B-I-T-H. I don't know if it's hard for me to hear. It's a bith. I don't have a lisp. It's just like, that's what it is. They have large, hairless heads, uh, yellow skin, and glossy, lidless eyes. They are known for great intelligence. They are very science and math-oriented. They were commonly employed as musicians, scientists, and engineers, and members of the species include the Cantina Band from A New Hope, and we also see a lot of them uh, employed in other um, bars and, and dives playing in bands like we do in the Clone Wars movie and also in the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, they are very commonly seen in those kinds of settings, but they uh, another member of the species is Darth Tenebris, who was Darth Plagueis's master, Darth Plagueis being Darth Sidious's master. And he was extremely intelligent, very science-oriented, uh, tried to create a pathogen that would uh, sever Jedi's connection to the Force. He's wild, very intelligent. Um, so, yeah, Bith, Bith are pretty cool. And I I don't know. I, that, that's about all that I have to say. Chiss. Now, I'm about to mispronounce a lot of words here. So the Chiss were native to Sicilla. C-S-I-L-L-A. They spoke either broken basic or um, Cheun. So C-H-E-U-N-H. But they were also known to speak 
or understand a language called Sibisti, which was an outer rim, unknown region sort of dialect, which we see uh, Eli Vanto speaking to uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn in, in the Thrawn books. They have a human complexion with blue skin, red eyes, and glossy black hair, and they were often mistaken for Pantorans because they were very, very uncommon in the galaxy proper. They were often regarded as myths and legends as they kept primarily to the unknown regions of the galaxy. And Force sensitives of their species tended to be females, and they were extremely rare and acted as navigators known as Skywalkers, which was an interesting thing that Anakin, Anakin Skywalker ended up encountering during the days of the Clone Wars. Their society had great emphasis on family, mem- uh, family and loyalty, and members of the species include Grand Admiral Thrawn, which is, um, his chist name is Mithran Uroto, I think. I think that's how you pronounce it. But it's, uh, yeah, the chists are really interesting, and it seems like they're setting up, um, they're setting up something really cool with Thrawn moving forward, potentially in the Ahsoka show. And they're also, they're doing a lot with the, the Thrawn novels, so I wouldn't be surprised if we learn more about the chists in canon uh, pretty soon. Next up, we have Kalish. They are native to the wild space world of Kali, and they are capable of speaking basic. It's unclear whether or not they had a um, more unique uh, language to their species and their society. They had red skin and yellow eyes with tusks along their chins, and had, they were very brutal and militant. They wore traditional masks made of bones, and they fought against the Republic-backed Yamri of Huck before the Clone Wars. And members of the species include, of course, General Grievous, who was a uh, Kalish general who um, fought against the Jedi and against the Republic. He was a very renowned warrior who... It's unclear how he came to uh, be in the service of Count Dooku in canon, but in Legends, Dooku and Sidious uh, essentially staged an explosion aboard Grievous's ship, which left him extremely uh, wounded and in need of cybernetic enhancement, and blamed it on the Jedi, which caused great um, resentment and hatred towards the Jedi in Grievous. So, kind of cool. I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I'd i be interested to see, like, a Grievous show or something like that so we get to... we So we got to learn a little bit more. I think that that would be a really awesome thing. But, who knows? I would be surprised if something like that came to be. The last species that I have to talk about is the Feline. So they were native to Feline and speak basic as well as Feline. Once again, extremely creative with the naming uh, system that they have going. They were reptomammalian. They were a reptomammalian species with green skin and rigid skulls, who produced powerful pheromones used to attract mates. The Black Sun Crime Syndicate was run by a group of Feline nobles during the Clone Wars era. Uh, the Black Sun were some of the gangsters who joined Maul's Shadow Collective during the Clone Wars. Um, 
and the Black Sun was known for uh, transporting slaves and uh, other illegal activities such as that stationed on Ord Mantel. And members of the species include Zidon Moj, or Maj, who took over after Mal and Savage uh, killed all of the uh, Feline nobles who were in charge of the Black Sun at the time. Um, and there's also a character in Legends named Zizor, who's a Feline. I don't really remember much about him, but he definitely exists in Legends. So that's about all that I have for this episode, but it wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with just a little bit more. Alright, so Parwins were actually capable of living extremely long lifespans, with at least one recorded to have lived beyond 1,000 years of age. So very similar um, to Yoda's species, where they have extremely long lifespans. And I'm pretty sure I remember reading that uh, Parwins actually went into periodic hibernation based on like the uh, like the seasons of their homeworld lasting centuries long, something of that nature. Even if they were off world, um, they would go into this kind of induced hibernative state based on these long cycles of seasons on their home planet of Parwa. So. Kind of cool there. Uh, that's about all that I have. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and if you haven't already checked it out, uh, I released a special edition of The Ability to Speak Does Not Make You Intelligent last week, commemorating one year of Twin Sun Talks, um, which happened last week on the 23rd of March. So, very exciting stuff there. Go check that out if you haven't already. That's about all that I have for this episode. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.